1: What's up, everybody? It's another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I'm your host, Dan Canobio, and let me tell you, everybody, business is picking up in the boxing world. A lot going on right now. We got through the summer. We got through Labor Day. We got through week one of the NFL season, but now it's time for the big fights, and we have a lot of big fights coming up. We have a lot of great guests on this show, fresh off his victory Saturday night. We have WBC welterweight champ, Sean Porter joining us. He will recap the night that was when he defeated Danny Garcia. He'll tell us what's next for him. And uh, just a really good guy. And uh, it's going to be great to hear from Sean Porter, who's still revel- uh, reveling in the victory on Saturday night. We're also going to talk to Abel Sanchez. Of course, he is the trainer of uh, Gennady Golovkin. Uh, Abel will is liable to say anything. So you want to stick around for, for that one uh, as we get into Triple G Canelo Fight Week. There's a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, boxing is really picking up. We have uh, Triple G Canelo this weekend. Followed by that, we'll have uh, overseas on DAZN. You will see Anthony Joshua going up against Pavekin in a heavyweight title match. You always have to watch what the heavyweight division uh, is up to. So a lot to get into today. A lot of news and notes. A lot of swirling things going on in boxing. We'll start off with what we saw on Saturday night at the Barclays Center. I was there ringside doing my box thing. I was counting a uh, Porter, so I had a very close eye on Sean Porter uh, all, all night long. I mean, the vibe in in Brooklyn was was tremendous, and uh, before the fight even started, I was able to sit down with uh, Mauro Ronaldo, the uh, famed broadcaster for Showtime Boxing. We did a 20-minute podcast that's on iTunes right now. Search Inside Boxing Live, and uh, you'll see this interview I did with Mauro. Check that out. It was outstanding. Uh, I really had a good time talking to Mauro about his mental health advocacy and uh, some of his greatest fights that he's called. I actually did some impressions for him. It was a really cool conversation. So that got the night started for me uh, on a personal note. And then we went over to ringside and we watched a great triple header on Showtime, starting off with the heavyweights. Man, wow, what a fight between Gonaki uh, and Charles Martin. Really set the tone. All of uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, where I'm from, uh, the Polish crowd came out for Gonaki and he put on a show. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him fight more. But we got to the main event of the night Porter Garcia. And here are my thoughts on the fight. Garcia started off slow. He came out slow. He's a slow starter. We all know that. He's always going to be like that. So what did Porter do? He came out. He threw 42 punches around in rounds one through five. Then he got it up to 72 around. He really stepped, put the uh, stepped on the gas pedal. Rounds five through 12. And we'll hear from from Shawn Porter later in this show to get on to hear his thoughts on why he stepped up, what his game plan exactly was. But it was a very close fight. When it came down to it, was Porter was more aggressive. He swarmed Danny Garcia. He landed some really good shots. He landed some good counter shots. He landed some good, you know, straight right hands. He did a little bit more than Garcia. Garcia had his moments too. He landed the cleaner shots, I thought. But it was just that Porter did a lot more. He got the win, Sean Porter. He is your new WBC welterweight champion. Afterwards, Errol Spence jumps into the ring, and I love this about the PBC. The thing I love about the PBC. And they got a new deal with Showtime and Fox that we'll talk about. But the thing about PBC is they're fighters, they're, they're, they're ringside, they're having a good time, and you will see this. You will see a guy like Errol Spence hop into the ring, who get into the face of Sean Porter, and it gives the fans something to look forward to. So that's what we're going to see next, most likely. We'll get Sean's thoughts on that. We'll be see Sean Porter versus Errol Spence in uh, early 2019 we got to get to the the main reason why we're doing this show today that is triple g canelo fight week we've got abel sanchez on the show we're also going to give you our official keys to victory for uh, one for triple g one for for canelo what each fighter needs to do uh, to win the rematch So a lot to get to here we got sean porter we got abel sanchez uh we're going to break down the uh triple g canelo fight as only compu can do but next we got sean porter all right, our next guest here on Inside Boxing Live. Uh, first of all, we have to uh, mention our sponsor very quickly. Jack Doyle's is the official spot to watch all big fights. Uh, check him out on uh, West 35th Street, a few steps away from Madison Square Garden. They got all the big games. NFL football is in full swing. Uh, MLB playoffs is right around the corner. And uh, some really big fights coming down the stretch, too. Check out Jack Doyle's uh, for all your needs in New York City. Uh, here we have with us right now, he is the newest. WBC welterweight champion. You know who he is. He's Showtime Sean Porter, and he's gracious enough to hop on with us with Inside Boxing Live. First of all, Sean, congratulations on a win. What a night.
2: Uh, what a night it was. Thank you very much. I'm just a hard fought victory. I'm very strategic and tactical, and went the way uh, myself and my corner wanted it to go.
1: Yeah, so we, I remember we had you on the show, what, maybe like two months ago, and uh, everything we talked yeah. about was like, we talked about when and if you would fight Danny Garcia, this is how it would go down. You know, when I win that WBC title, you know, things are going to be great. And, and, you know, I will fight Errol Spence before my career is over. Now all these things are happening for you, and it has happened so quickly. I know that it's been a long uh, road for you, but in just two short months when we're talking about all the ifs and the whens, now this is, is reality. So has that really set in for you about your 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 goals and have have come true for you? It's all
2: here. And uh, I think that's all it is, man. It's, you know, me separating myself from, from everyone else in my division and, and my sport and, you know, doing the best I can to set goals and manage myself and, and my team and, and my life and 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 my professional life as well along the way just to achieve those goals. And, you know, um this was the number one goal for me was to win this WBC uh championship and it's done. <laughs> um I gotta set another goal and um and uh and, and go after it. But I, I'm just thrilled to to have this WBC title and, and finally become a part of that family.
1: So where are you right now? Uh, how did how you feel after the win? Just talk to us, man. What are you doing right now? How are you celebrating? I mean, you know, you're not like uh, going out partying, but uh, what do it feel like to win that title and where you at?
2: You know what, man? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a family man, yeah. so it's, it's really easy for me to um, celebrate. Uh, we got home yesterday in the, in the early afternoon and I uh, was, I was mad that I missed the uh, Browns game, but you know, all my friends and and some of my family out here, we got together and had dinner, and uh, you know, we'll probably do dinner again tonight by the pool, a little barbecue. Nice. Just continue, uh, continue doing doing that. And uh, I'm I'm funny, man. I don't I don't care for nightclubs. I'm I'm more of a movie guy and family guy. So. <laughs> As long as I'm around uh, my family and my friends, and and they're having a good time, I'm having a good time. So
1: Sean Porter, WBC world champ, is more of a Netflix and chill guy than they uh, go out to the bars. Yeah, for sure,
2: <laughs> and, and not so much Netflix because I, I like being in the theater, man. I like okay, to, I like to really feel what's going on. But um, yeah, and 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 I'm a Monopoly guy, I'm a really, guy. I'm, yeah, man, I love it all, man. Um, but I don't, I don't do video games. That's my thing. I I suck at video games but you know you, yeah, you want to go up against and some dominoes you come bring it.
1: Yeah, you might suck at video games but you know how many times do you see the, these guys that play video games who can't are on athletics so you can just say yeah I might suck at video games but I I will knock you out in real life.
2: Yeah well, hey some of my friends got both some of my <laughs> are the athletic
1: and, and according and uh, play games yeah too, right, right. So, yeah and with the Browns, I mean, if you need an update, you guys tied. You tied the Steelers yesterday. So now, uh, you know. Don't,
2: don't, don't, don't start. I know we tied. I, I was I hoping you know, didn't I, I didn't spoil it for you. I didn't really understand the tie at first, but I guess right now um, the NFL is saying we you got a clock for overtime and then. Whatever it is after that is done. And I'm like, man, finish that game. We yeah. need to get that win. Right. they should we do
1: it like need a draw.
2: Uh, we need a win.
1: Right. You don't like draws. You don't like draws in boxing. We don't like draws in football. They should do it like doing college football where it's, you know, they have they put you on the 25-yard line and they're, you'll get a winner no matter what.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I know boxing people hate draws. Yeah, it's like they, kissing your sister. They rather the wrong hand. They'd rather the wrong hand get raised
1: than get a draw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, that's, we're seeing that with, with Triple G Canelo, and I'll get your thoughts on that a little later. But, you know, I was ringside. I was doing the stats, uh, doing the compu box. I was actually counting you, so I had a very close eye on what you were doing in there. But when Jimmy Lennon Jr. read the decision, I actually heard the winner beforehand because they announced it in our headsets for production purposes. So I knew that you won the fight nice. before your hand was raised. Nice. Yeah, so I wanted yeah. to just, like, zone in on you and your reaction afterwards and, uh, you know, when he when he read out and your winner the new wbc champion showtime sean porter you know you didn't throw the hands up you didn't jump up and down it was almost like a smile on your face like a sense of relief so take us through that is that what you were feeling take us through right when jimmy lennon read your name what your feelings were
2: well just not knowing what was going to happen you know obviously you knock a guy out you know you won the fight but you just never know what the what the judges are seeing that night and. You know, we I was going back to the corner. My dad is, you know, is really realistic uh every day. But he's really realistic even in, in the fight. You know, he's not gonna I'm not gonna come back to the corner and he's gonna, you know, <laughs> pump me gas and, and tell me that I'm doing all right and I'm winning and you know, keep doing what I'm doing, you know. So I'm coming back to the corner and you know, he said, Hey, we won that round or hey, that was a close round or hey, I don't know. You know, so near the end of the fight we felt like we need we needed to take rounds 10, 11, and 12, I feel like we did that, but even still, yet and still, when we were getting the gloves off, it was kind of that moment, you know, that feeling of we don't know what's going to happen. So when I'm standing there and I'm hearing Jimmy Lennon do his thing and then he says, you know, and the new WBC champion of the world, all I heard was, and I said, oh, my God, I cannot (laughs) believe this. That's awesome it was so what a what a feeling man i don't i i I have a seventh month old baby and um I remember when my I was in England when my fiance called me and told me that she was with child and I could not believe it wow. and it was, this this moment was really surreal like that moment just a moment of finally capturing something that I've always wanted and a lot like when I had my son it was something that I always wanted you know so just it it just was an unbelievable feeling and uh, I'll never forget it.
1: I mean, it was a great night. I mean, the crowd was really into it. Can you hear the, how loud the crowd gets? I mean, I think it was maybe round nine. Uh, you actually threw like your your career high ninety six punches, but you guys were trading in there, and the crowd was just unreal. So, do you hear that? Does that give you adrenaline? You know, just talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Oh yeah, It definitely pumps me up, and and I and I always make sure that when the crowd is screaming that it's something that I'm doing and that's something that's happening to me, you know. So yeah. I do know that there were times where he may have swung and missed and the crowd yelled. There were times where he swung and he hit me. It was, wasn't the, the hardest or the cleanest shot, but the, the crowd screamed again, you know. So I just I really didn't want the crowd to um, be a factor for the judges. I right. wanted everything that was happening in the ring to call the judge to, to cause the judges to do what they did, and I do. I think the judges did the right thing uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Eight four uh, score from one judge, and then seven five. From the other two judges I feel that like those are the correct scores uh, for
1: the Eden yeah those, the judging was really good I mean the crowd was good like like I just said I mean it was a pro Danny crowd heading in but at the end I feel like you won over a lot of fans and the most the thing I know I'm from Brooklyn so I know you know the kind of the, the heartbeat of the crowd and I've been to the Barclays for a lot of fights they just want to watch a really good fight I mean they yeah they might have their guy when they head in there but if they get their money's worth which you guys certainly did they're gonna stand up and they're they're gonna applaud both guys So props on that. But I actually want to talk about, you know, some of the numbers and the nuts and bolts from the fight. You know, we throw around the numbers. The first few rounds didn't seem like you were letting the hands go as much. I think you were averaging 42 punches thrown around for the first four uh, rounds of, of the fight. But then from the fifth round on is when you really stepped on the gas. We had you averaging 72 punches uh, per round from rounds 5 through 12. You threw a career-high 96 punches in round number 8, like I just talked about. What exactly was the game plan heading in? And also, what adjustments did you make in there with uh, Barry Hunter and your
2: dad? Sure. Um, The game plan was to to box him from the outside, uh, try to get him to come at me and be first, uh, knowing that not just from what people say, but watching it firsthand and watching it on video, he's a, he's a good counter-puncher. Not only that, he throws the counters that you don't expect, you know, and he throws them when you don't expect them. You know, you, you're right there in his in his face, and then here comes a hook. You're right there in his face, and then here comes a right hand. You know, so we wanted to take that away from him. We wanted to try to make him be first. We wanted to try to um, get him to come at me so that we could kind of, I guess, for us, for the, the lack of words, kind of become more of a, a counter per wow. um, you know, but but also you know be first as well. So I, I think for you know rounds one through maybe four or five, maybe even six, you see me bouncing a little bit more. You see me trying to work from the outside more. Yeah. You see the feints that you that you're used to seeing, but you don't see the punch output that you're used to seeing. You don't see the aggression mm-hmm. that you're used to seeing. Um, one word that that really stuck with me throughout camp. And and even in the fight, Barry Hunter kept saying you gotta disarm him and basically what um what Barry meant by that was take away from him what he does great. So if you give him counters to, to give him something to counter, he'll counter you, you know. Right. So we wanted to try to make him be first, disarm him, take away from him what he does well with his counter. And then um, you know, near the end of that fight, um uh, Barry said you gotta go after him. And then my dad mimicked that. My dad's like, you know, Sean, you, you really got to win these rounds. You got to win these rounds. And I said, is it time? And they say, oh, yeah, it's time. Go get them. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Um, basically, we, yeah, basically we knew that at some point my um, endurance and, and, and my uh, conditioning would take me to a level that he wouldn't be able to go to. And, um, you know, just a blessing from God it happened that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, did you f- figure out like maybe those first couple rounds he wasn't throwing a lot of punches? So obviously, you said your game plan in the first you know maybe five six rounds was to let him come to you. Were you surprised at his low output too? That that kind of creep into your head like, oh man, like he's not coming at me. My game plan was to let him come to me. You know, did you were you a little bit surprised that he wasn't throwing his hands early on either?
2: No, not surprised at all. Uh, we knew that he wouldn't have a, a high output. We knew that. He is a slow starter um throughout the course of a fight mm-hmm. um not that it takes him rounds to warm up, but he's just not a he's not a high uh out, out punch out put guy kind of guy and uh and he's not really gonna go after it you know so and it was you know also understanding that you know this guy knows that i'm gonna come after him give him something else to to, to think about, you know, so it it was just as much a a, a mind game as it was a physical game uh, Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I mean, when did you add Barry Hunter, and and what was the thought process in there? I know you worked with your dad forever, and first of all, congratulations to Kenny Porter. He took home the uh, coveted WBC trainer's belt. I saw that around his shoulder, so you guys have uh, two belts in the family now, first off, and secondly... Getting Barry Hunter involved in the camp. I mean, talk about a star-studded uh, a corner. You got your dad, who's known you your entire life, and you guys have a relationship that's been, you know, documented everywhere. It's it's, it's great to see that. But what did Barry Hunter
2: bring to the table this time around? Definitely uh, um, a Hall of Fame corner. Even Hal Chernoff is a uh, cut man from, oh, from yeah. Maryland, but he's been in the game for a very long time, and uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be in the record books uh, as well. But um. My dad brought in Barry about three weeks left to go into camp, um, basically for my peak week, um, so that Barry could um, give his insight on Danny, so that Barry could see me work. Barry's never been, well, um, not that he's never been, but Barry's only been in camp with me, but for a, a couple days. Barry's never been in camp for a week, or even like this time around, two weeks, so it was really an opportunity, a great opportunity for Barry to see me work and for us all to work together um, before the big night. Um, most times when Barry's been in my corner, it's only been on the big night. And Barry's known me since I was 10 years old, you know. So even though, um, you know, it's new to everyone else, we've been working, you know, with Barry for a very long time. And Barry just brought a very great, strong um intellectual uh dynamic to to the duel that my dad and i have and it, it really worked for us um tonight and i'm sure it was something that we'll move forward with
0: as well
1: that's great i mean you hear of the the father and son tandems and they're first of all they're hard to separate you know everyone has their opinions on the father-son trainer relationship just to bring an outsider always thinks that i always think that helps the, you know especially a guy with the pedigree uh, of uh, barry hunter but now i gotta get to the million dollar question here errol spence hopped into the ring he kind of did what you did Danny Garcia. That's the cool thing about PBC is that you know all the fighters are in the crowd, and uh, that's a whole other side story. They were they were acting crazy in the front couple rows during the fight on Saturday night. But you know Errol Spence jumped into the ring. He got in there. He said what he wanted to say about challenging you to a fight. You said that it's the easiest fight possibly to be made in boxing right now, which I kind of agree with. Has there been any discussion since you said it's such an easy fight to make? Has there been any talks of that? And you know I know you want the fight. What can you give us between you and Errol Spence? It's the
2: easiest fight to make in boxing because Errol Spence and Sean Porter are a lot alike. Mm-hmm. We're both we're both very competitive. Um we both uh love getting in the ring and, and boxing and, and doing what we are doing, making people scream. And we both um have that heart to to do whatever it takes to win and and virtually be unstoppable no matter who it is, you know, so um you could give him a list of names. And he'll throw the list back at you and say, I don't care. Whoever y'all tell me to fight, that's who I'm going to fight. And I will do the exact same thing. If you give me a list of names, I'm not going to write down this guy first, that guy second, and that guy. I'm going to throw the list back at you and say, hey, you guys tell me who I'm fighting, and that's who it's going to be. You know, Him, him and I are both were very old school and the, the simple fact that we know the money is going to come, and we know that the fame is going to come. It's just a matter of us getting in there and doing what we got to do to compete and win. And so for that, for that fact alone, the fight is going to be the easiest fight to be made. Um, he, he came in again in the post-fight press conference, and it was just um, fun to see. I yeah. think you guys you – I, I hope you guys enjoy the promotion that him and I do because him and I really are friends, um, and we're going to have a lot of fun. And I hope that you guys don't get sidetracked by our fun, thinking that we're not going to get in there and, and do what we got to do because we, we both will. But for the most part, um this this promotion is gonna be fun and um I have not heard anything just yet about what direction the WBC wants to move in mm-hmm. or what direction they want us to move in in terms of fighting Errol Spence next.
1: But that's what you want next. I mean it's pretty clear both guys want that next, so that should be an I, easy. It one makes
2: to, do. to me it makes sense. Yeah. Of yeah, course. to me it makes sense. To me to me this fight is the is the next fight for me and I think it's the next fight for Errol as well. I, I am gonna be the the, um, the the devil right here, play the devil's advocate, saying that you, we all know that Mikey Garcia has called out um, Errol Spence, so yeah. I think Errol does have to at least not acknowledge, like, hey, I was you know gonna you know just defend my my honor for this guy calling me out, but I do think that Sean Porter is is, is the better fight for me. And uh, you know, with that being said, I think w- w- that that should be the next five and one season in and, and the well play division. Yeah, when do you think you can get in
1: there again? I maybe maybe th- this year might be tough, considering that it's already uh, mid September. So when when would you want to get in there?
2: I feel good. Um, I do wanna, want to want uh, to you know relax throughout the the Brown season. This is not <laughs> yeah. this is not the NFL season for me. This is the Brown season nice. for me. Uh, I do I do want to relax through that, but um whenever they tell me that's that's when I'll be ready to go uh I should be fully recovered and healed uh by the end of this week and um like like always back back training in the, in the next 2 weeks and wow. and um we'll take a look at it so we'll see
1: so right now the browns uh uh Sean Porter and for the year has uh did you fight earlier in the year you have 2 wins this year right uh no
2: this was unfortunately my only fight this year. All right, year. so you got
1: one win, and the the Browns have one tie. So right now, Sean Porter, you have you have one up on your beloved Browns.
2: All my friends said, man, this would have been the perfect weekend ever if you had one, and then the Browns won. <laughs> I said, I know, man. We we're working on it. All right,
1: man. Well, congratulations, the new WBC welterweight champion, Sean Porter. All around good guy. I think the fans, uh, you won over a lot of fans, and we're gonna really look forward to uh, Sean Porter. Errol Spence, that's going to be a really, really good fight and a great promotion, like you said. Thank you so much for taking some time uh, to hop on with us, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, man.
2: You got it, man. Always great talking to you.
1: All right, thank you, Sean. Okay, it's time for the Triple G Canelo preview portion of the show. Fight week is here. It's been a long time coming, this rematch. Uh, you know, Both sides have been chirping you know, you got Abel Sanchez, who we'll have on the show in a little bit. He said a lot about Canelo and his team. Uh, you have Canelo on his side. He's chirping, too. So finally here, where fight week is upon us. We're going to actually talk about the nuts and bolts right here. Here's This is right here is our uh, CompuBox keys to victory for both fighters. We'll start with Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. And it's pretty easy uh, for Triple G. He needs to do what he did in the first fight, and that was um, stick the jab. The jab was his friend. It's been his friend his entire career. Uh, he was able to establish the jab early on in their first fight. He's the best jabber in boxing, both by raw numbers and percentage-wise. He lands 10.4 jabs per round. It's the best in boxing. For a middleweight, that's just absurd. So he's going to have to do that in this fight to kind of keep... Canelo's in a move in there. He's in a move a lot. That's what he is. He said it. You know, he said, I'm a boxer. I'm a boxer puncher. So if... Triple G wants to establish that jab early and often. He's gonna have to keep that same pace up. He landed 30% of his jabs in the first fight. Uh, um, that's Golovkin. He's gonna have to do that in the rematch. Keep that same pace. Let that be the, you know, the bread and butter. His first thing is to land that, land that jab, and then throw power punches off of that. So I fully expect Triple G uh, to go in there and establish the jab early and often. Secondly, this was something that got away from Golovkin, and what made it seem like, you know, maybe age is starting to creep in. He needs to attack on the ropes. He had Canelo on the ropes often in the first fight. It's something that Triple G has done his entire career. Got some of the best footwork in the game. He can cut the ring off like no other. So he did his normal thing where he cut Canelo off. He had him in the corner. He just didn't let his hands go when he was in the corner. I mean, uh, Triple G has said over the last year, he said a lot of things about Canelo. One of which was that Triple, he said that Canelo's punches felt more like slaps. So if that's the case, he shouldn't have any. He shouldn't have to worry about getting countered in there. Uh, Triple G landed 32% of his power shots uh, versus Canelo in the first fight. That's a that's a good number, but let's just keep in mind that Triple G was landing at a 46% clip in his previous 13 fights. So when he has Canelo up against the ropes in this fight, he can't afford to be very selective there and not let his hands go. He has to let those hands go early and often Can't take any rounds off if he wants a clear, decisive victory. Finally, for Triple G, keys the victory here. Go to the body. Uh, He turned into an extreme headhunter in his uh, first fight with with, uh, Canelo. He only landed eight body shots the entire fight. That's actually hard to accomplish, only landing eight body shots. So he was strictly going for the head of Canelo in the first fight. You want to limit Canelo's movement in the ring? Like I said, Canelo's going to be moving in there. Dedicate some work to the body. They say it all the time. It's the, almost the key to victory in any fight in boxing. You hear Tim Bradley on ESPN. You hear all the ex-fighters, Malinaji, Go through it. Uh, Roy Jones. They will talk about the fact that you have to dedicate work to the body. And especially with a guy with as good of a, as movement. Canelo triple G's got to go to the body and he's got to go to the body from early on in the fight Establish that as well as the jab. Canelo likes to move in there like I said he's the younger fresher fighter So how are you gonna slow him down? Everyone's talking about everyone is giving the edge to Canelo in this fight It seems like and they're saying listen. He's the younger guy ages on his side. He can deal with ring rust a little better than an older uh, Gennady Golovkin. So what do you do for a fresher, younger fighter who's going to go in there and he's going to move? You have to slow him down somehow. And the best way to slow down a fighter is to go to the body. So there are your keys to victory for Triple G. is the jab, attacking on the ropes, and going to the body. Now let's move over to Canelo. If he wants to win this fight, and he wants to win it decisively, he wants to continue his career and get the ball rolling, keep that cash cow flowing for Oscar, he needs to throw more punches. You know, he only averaged uh, 42 punches per round in the first fight. It's not going to get it done here. The middleweight average is 56, so he's going to to step it up a little bit. Both fighters have said, ne- neither, you know, he didn't hurt me, <laughs> Canelo says he didn't hurt me, Triple G says he didn't hurt me. So, what's the story here? If that's the, the problem here, if that's the case, then just let the hands go. You know, Can- Canelo came in uh, rounds through nine, uh, nine through twelve, he really stepped it up. But he's not going to be able to do that again. You can't take, you know, portions of rounds off like Canelo has done in his career. You can't take the first five rounds to get a feel for it. This should be round thirteen of another fight here with uh, with Triple G and Canelo. Canelo's got to throw more punches. He's got to keep a solid pace from round one. We'll see if he deviates from his forty-two thrown per round and gets closer to the middleweight average uh, of fifty-six. Secondly, for Canelo, he needs to stay in the pocket and trade. I'm beating a dead horse here by saying that both fighters say that they didn't hurt each other. That's the case. Canelo, stay in the middle of the ring for longer periods of time. Win those exchanges. Don't take, you know, a minute off per round where you're just kind of moving around the ring. Get in there. Get in the middle of the ring. Do what you do. Maybe be a little more aggressive. Don't be a counter counter puncher. I know it's hard because that's what his style is, but you got to win this fight clear and decisively. you got to win over the fans, you got to win over the judges. It's time to let those hands fly. And finally, I said this for Triple G, I will say this for Canelo, I will say this for almost every fighter, or every fight, the key to victory is go to the body. 26% of Canelo's landed punches in the first fight were to the body. Very good number, 26. Just keep in mind that Canelo was landing at 40% body shots in his previous six fights so I'm trying to wonder why do those numbers go down it's not like Golovkin's going to be moving in there he's going to be almost like a stationary target in there go to the body land those punches get yourself a win so there it is your keys to victory for Triple G your keys to victory for Canelo we'll see if they listen to me and we will see who wins on Saturday night Right, before we get to Abel Sanchez, I have to tell you about Jack Doyle's restaurant and bar located on uh, West 35th between 7th and 8th Avenue, right a few steps away from Madison Square Garden. It is the place to watch all NFL games, all MLB playoffs, big fights. And on uh, this Saturday, if you go over to John Sullivan's, which is their sister bar on 210 West 35th, you can watch Triple G versus Canelo. They are not charging a cover charge there, so you can just walk in, uh, have some drinks, and watch a what should be... A great fight, and with that we'll bring in uh Mr. Abel sanchez he is the uh, trainer of Gennady Golovkin uh, Abel, thank you so much for coming on inside boxing live
0: oh it's a pleasure. thank you for having me on so
1: take us through and I, you've been with you 've been with uh uh Gennady for for such a long time now. Can you just take us through the the normal fight week from a Monday through Friday? you know how you 're getting your guy ready for for battle
0: well he's uh He's ready uh, to fight now. His weight, obviously, is not where it needs to be. He's about uh, three pounds over uh, for uh, for Friday's weigh-in. But uh, we come to Vegas. Uh, we just arrived this morning. Uh, he'll have uh, regular meals, um, and then we'll run in the evening uh, uh, somewhere here in the city. Uh, he'll rest uh, during the day. Tomorrow he'll do the same thing. He'll eat uh, breakfast, have some uh, dinner, and then we'll run just to maintain his weight and drop it down to the, to the limit, to the 60-pound limit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, uh, the training's already finished. Uh, all the hard work is done. All we're trying to do now is maintain the weight and let his body rest.
1: Yeah, there's, there's so many factors that go into a big fight. And, you know, the first fight was Gennady's first fight in Las Vegas. Do you think the fact that now he's a little more acclimated? I know he's been to Vegas a bunch of times for other fights, but the fact that now he can get into a, a fight week routine once again in Las Vegas, do you think that, that helps uh, your guy?
0: Now, you know, actually, it, it's the same ring. It's it's the same situation. We have a hotel that we're staying in. Uh, it's the same as if it was in New York or in San Antonio or wherever. Uh, the only difference is a little hotter here. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the what was uh, was the hardest to get used to or get accustomed to is that we've never fought in front of these uh, these commissioners, these uh, judges, and and that. So it, it's a little bit different because they don't know us. Uh, and there was some controversy in the last one because of that, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah. hopefully this time uh, it's an even playing field and, and, and we can do what we should have done the first time is knock his ass
1: out. <laughs> now, were you, are you happy with the, uh, the, ju- the first of all, the referee? Are you happy with that? Are you happy with, with the judges and all that? That was squared away, I think, maybe like two weeks ago. I know you had some say in that, but I'm sure uh, the Triple G side is ready to move forward with what we think and what should be uh, some nice, clean judging, right?
0: Yeah, I think both sides are very are extremely happy, and I think the commission is happy. Steve Weisfeld is probably the most respected, most honest judge. that hasn't had any kind of controversy uh, in the world, actually. Uh, Glenn Feldman is a, is an exceptional ref, uh, a judge, and and so is Dave Moretti. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are guys that have been consistently. Uh, I'm not going to say uh even with everybody, but they've been consistently uh the guy that wins is the guy that they that that they have winning yeah. uh, the referee is a is a guy from out of this state uh he's a referee from uh new york so it's it's, it's nobody that we've worked. i don't think we've worked uh, he's worked any of our fights or canelo's fights so Again, it's 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 all neutral. Uh, It should be fair, Um, and I think the fans will like that because whoever wins is going to win.
1: Yes, that's right. We need a nice, clean decision. We need one victor to raise their hand, not both guys. No more draws. But how is this fight going to be different? Is this going to be like the thirteenth round of the first fight, as they say, or is this going to be the first round of a new battle?
0: I don't think it's going to be the thirteenth round. I think that uh, these guys, because of the controversy and because of some of the things that have happened and have been said. They're very upset at each other. Uh, The camps, obviously, are very um, (laughs) very antagonistic towards each other, so I believe there's some bad blood, and and I think it's a new battle. I think that they're going to go at each other and and try to prove a point. Uh, I hope that's what it is because I think the fans will then uh, enjoy a great fight.
1: Now, in the ring, let's talk a little of the hard stuff here. Will Triple G, you know, you say that, I saw this, this press release you put out today with the ginger snap, got a nice laugh out of me. I thought that was very clever. But the one thing in the first fight that uh, Triple G—he only went to the—he didn't go to the body that often. I think we had him landing eight body punches uh, in the uh, the first fight. Do you, is that something we're going to see more, where where Triple G kind of targets the body?
0: Well, I think that Canelo's a body puncher too, and he didn't mm. go to the body. No, at he all didn't either. He didn't. Okay. The problem is that when you have somebody running from you, you have somebody that's not trying to engage. You're having somebody that's just trying to survive and not necessarily win a fight it's difficult to go to the body. You're going to be reaching. You're going to be doing things that are not, are not natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, Canelo chooses to do what he's been saying he's going to do and that's to try to knock Golovkin out, then I think they're going to be at range, and both guys are going to land body shots, and both guys are going to land head shots, and I think somebody will go down. Uh, if not, uh, if Canelo doesn't, is not true to his word, then it's going to be difficult for Gennady to be jumping and lunging at him to try to hit him with a body shot when the guy's not there.
1: Now there were a lot of times in the first fight as well when when Gennadi had had Canelo up against the ropes and a puzzling uh thing about that fight was that he didn't let his hands go like he normally does. I mean, he's great at cutting off the ring, great at uh fighting with angles, but when he had Canelo up against the ropes, wasn't his normal, you know, letting off a lot of punches. You know, why do you think that was and and what can is that something that you guys worked on uh for this upcoming fight? That's
0: something that we worked on, yes. Uh you're absolutely right. But some of the some of the uh, things that we wanted him to do, he did not do in in, in, uh, in the last fight. So we're we're hoping that we're able to uh, to do the things that we practiced in the gym, mm-hmm. uh, and that's one of them uh, to go a little more uh, when he's got him up against the up against the ropes and in in position to be able to hit him. Yeah.
1: Now, the fact that, that uh, Gennady is, is one year older, I mean, uh, Canelo has, hasn't fought in a year because of the suspension. You know, Triple G got some rounds in, in, in May with his, with his win. Now, do you believe in, in ring Ross? and who do you think will be the fresher fighter? Do you think the advantage goes to your guy because he was in there in May, but he's also a year older, or you got Canelo on the other side who, you know, who was been, hasn't been in the ring in, in 12
0: months? I think that I don't think there's an advantage. I think uh, twelve months is not really that long mm-hmm. a time for for um, uh, ring rust, I guess as as you call it. Yeah. I think that uh, there, there will be obviously some some kind of uh, hesitation at the beginning just because it's been a year for Canelo, but uh, I think that if if the fight gets going like it's supposed to, then then it may uh, it may it may. Uh, it may end up uh, being the kind of fight that we expected the first time uh, once they get going because they do know each other so well after
1: right. 12 rounds. Yeah. So these The war of words that you talk about, both sides do not like each other. It seems like it isn't just like fluff for promotion. Like I really think there is some bad blood w- between both camps. And, you know, you've been at the center of it with a lot of your quips. And, you know, I love them. I To be honest with you, I really find them to be entertaining, that some of the things you say. And there hasn't been the biggest promotion uh, for this fight. So, I mean, you've done a lot of work to get the pay-per-view sales up, to get some some awareness around there. But there are people out there that say that you were trying to goad uh, Canelo into a fight that wouldn't be his style, kind of the stand in the middle and trade, which would benefit uh, Gennady. Do you think you're doing it for that reason, or do you really think that these two are going to come out and stand in the center and trade?
0: No, I disagree with that premise because – If you look at 40-some fights that Canelo had, he was the attacker. Mm -hmm. He attacked against Lara. He attacked against Mayweather. He attacked against Sangulo, He attacked against Khan. He wasn't holding back. He was the attacker. He was that Mexican fighter going forward and throwing bombs. So that he chose to be Lara or Mayweather uh, or or Rigandau in in our fight. That was a change that he made. Uh, It wasn't something that we made up. Uh, I just hope he fights the best fight that he can fight. And and he does what he does best, but he tries to win. Instead of just trying to survive the 12 rounds, try to win. Try to knock Golovkin out, and by doing that you're going to put yourself in a position to not only hit, hit Golovkin, but also to be hit, and then the crowd's going to get what they expected.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of times in Canelo, one of the criticisms of Canelo was that he takes you know, he takes minutes off rounds. He'll fight maybe two minutes of a round, maybe a minute and a half of a round. So, yeah, it would be nice if he could sit in there and trade. Now, is it true that you really reached out to Michael Jordan and uh, you wanted him to maybe design a shoe for Canelo that will help him uh, run a little
0: faster in there? <laughs> Well, he he may need it because the way that they're upset at each other, he may need that pair of shoes to get away from Golovkin because I think Golovkin's got something to prove to himself. He he's told me and he's told the press that he wants to punish uh, Canelo for some of the things that he done, causing having the consequences that we. We encountered with the, the failed date, uh, the the no-pay-per-view fight in May. Uh, he feels Canelo's guilty of, of a lot of things, and he wants to punish him for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of war of words here, I and mean, we've seen this. A more verbal triple G, and you see this a lot in boxing when you have a guy that really isn't like that outspoken. We've seen uh, Golovkin; he has, uh, you know, he could, he does do good press. But just a, an example would be Danny Garcia and his dad. You know, Danny Garcia is a very quiet guy. His dad, Andrew Garcia, is is the outspoken guy. That's kind of the deal with you in in Gennady. But lately, we've been seeing this new more verbal. Um, uh, Golovkin, where you know he is out there and he's saying things that you don't exactly want to hear. You have the WBC, uh, Mauricio Suleiman saying that he can't believe some of the things that Triple G is saying. So, do you really think that he's out there to, um, I don't want to say that he's doing it for show, or do you think he just really dislikes Canelo?
0: He dislikes Canelo. I think just like if you remember the Curtis Stevens fight when Curtis was doing all those yep. cemetery plots and all those things, yeah. he was verbal with him, not as much. But he was rubble with him because he felt that he wasn't being insulted. He felt that he was being uh, put to the side. He's being in uh, and, and then with a the positive test and with all the controversy that has happened, he feels that he's being stepped on. So he's being vocal because he's upset. Just like he was in a Curtis Stevens fight. Just a little, or I shouldn't even say a little, mm-hmm. a heck of a lot more.
1: Yeah. Now, okay, so let's just say there's a fan right now who's on the fence about ordering the pay-per-view. And uh, since you've done such a good job helping promote this fight, what would you tell that fan?
0: I'll tell that fan to tune in and buy it because I think that you're going to see a classic fight. Two guys that are very upset at each other. Golovkin has is, is had a great training camp. I'm sure Canelo has also. Uh, but the, I think the bottom line is that their, their war of words, I think, has, has made it uh, so personal that they do want to hurt each other. Both guys want to hurt each other. So I would say buy the fight because it's going to be one of the classic fights uh, uh, of all times.
1: Abel Sanchez, thank you very much for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Uh, I wish you luck on Saturday night, and we hope to talk again soon. Thank
0: you very much. You have a great day. All right, thanks.
1: Thank you, Mr. Abel Sanchez, taking some time out of a busy fight week to talk to us here on Inside Boxing Live. We're nearing the end of the show. Like I said at the beginning of the show, there's a lot going on in boxing right now. Things have gone from zero to 100 real quick. Uh, like Drake has said in the past, but uh, I know there are some things I missed, so that I'm going to bring in our super producer, Nick. Let me know what I missed, Nick. The Fox PBC deal. Yes. Yeah. Huge. What do you
3: think? What are your thoughts on that? It's another another network in. The PBC gets to do the old flipperoo, yeah. and uh, they get money now, instead sort of laying money out, so yeah. their investors are probably happy.
1: Yeah, well, but uh, I, mean, I was it, there on good. Saturday night at the Barclays, and the PBC people were super excited. There was an extra bounce in their step because they're like, hey, did you hear about the Fox deal? Did you hear about the Fox deal? And talking to, like, Brian Campbell, Dane Raphael, uh some of the other, like Chris Mannix, uh, Adam Bramowitz, You know, it's, like, good. Competition is good, right? I mean, you, the best, you're going to see the best. You're not going to see the best fight the best. you can see the best of each stable fighting each other, but you're going to have to up the ante for these shows, which at least that's what I think, Nick. Well, I mean, w- we were talking about it off air, but it it
3: uh, you know it creates sort of these four leagues now, yes. just like with with you know MMA. You got the UFC, you got Bellator, you got PFL. It it's getting to that point where the top rank top rank is a league, Golden Boy is a league, match room because they're not. It's going to be very difficult to fight each other. I mean, it's interesting to see how they how they work. And I know Top Rank and Golden Boy made it work with Lomachenko and and maybe there's something that can be done. Between, you know, you borrow a fighter for one fight, we borrow a fighter yeah, it's for gotta another fight. there has got to be that. Fight, it's it's it be that. has to be. Because yeah. there's no other way that it, it can... There's more boxing, but it's more, uh, you know, separate than it's ever been.
1: I tweeted this out earlier in the week when I heard this news. It's a good time to be a fighter right now. There There's so much money being thrown at these, these networks and these promoters. These fighters are going to get paid... They deserve to get paid, but it is a great time to be a fighter who is maybe like on the fence about if they want to change teams or change leagues and everything. Another thing is the budgets for all these these um, these networks and these promoters. So the f- supposed Fox uh, PBC budget is going to be close to $60 million. Uh, Steven Espinosa is on the record saying that the Showtime uh budget is 60 million so that's 120 right there the zone is reportedly has a 120 million dollar budget and you throw in what espn's budget is with top rank it's got to be close to 50 60 million you throw in what hbo's budget is these days we all we all don't know what their budget is but they are still a player you throw in all the other smaller uh shows and everything you're looking at close to a 400 million dollar budget right now for the complete sport of boxing which is crazy because they're going to be throwing out some big dollars at these fighters we may not see a terence crawford fight in Earl Spence anytime soon but we're going to see a lot of high profile PBC fights high profile matchroom fights and the fighters are going to get paid which is the most important thing yes always important moving on pacquiao is threatening to sue top rank <laughs> yes i saw that this morning i opened up instagram and I'm, you know, expecting to see some Instagram models, some friends, some uh, weekend things people did over the weekend. And I see uh, Manny Pacquiao post like a like a r- official statement that I am threatening a lawsuit against Top Rank because they haven't paid me for my fight with Lucas Matisse. It's just another saga and the ongoing headline wars of what is now Manny Pacquiao's career at this point.
3: Yeah, I mean, it makes you. Th- Makes you uh, more and more likely that Pacquiao goes with the zone. Yeah, I mean Khan. I mean Khan just fought, and
1: you know. Saturday Khan night. being
3: Khan got knocked down. Hit the deck, got, got up, back up, and won. And won,
1: yeah. So, yeah, we can potentially see now Pacquiao fighting on the zone, which I predicted you know, a few weeks ago. I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to be fighting on, on ESPN. Or another thing we, this could be is a little posturing on, on Pacquiao's part. We don't know the other side of the story. You know, he's quick. people are quick to say the promoters are slimy and shady. Bob Arum, you know, he's shady. He hasn't paid Manny. he have been robbing him for years. But, you know, maybe uh he owes money to, to Aram and be this, that they're not paying him who knows the full story here but it is interesting to see what is now a, a relationship that has gone to down to legal stuff between pacquiao uh and, and top rank and i my prediction i think you agree with me here that pacquiao versus uh Khan's is looking more likely for the zone i think so all right what else you got i think finally
3: uh quick we have about a minute and a half left of the show uh little Triple G prediction Alright,
1: yeah, big fight coming up this Saturday We'll be uh, working the CompuBox keys I've been going back and forth On this one And uh, my official prediction This is not the CompuBox prediction but This is me, Dan Canobio's prediction for this one I see Golovkin winning a majority decision i think there's going to be more action in this fight from the opening bell i do believe what uh, abel sanchez said that it's not going to be uh the, the 13th round of the first fight it's going to be a whole new fight and both guys are going to come out with different styles Golofkin's going to win those exchanges a little better he's going to cut off cut him off and he's going to land more body shots and i think uh Golovkin comes out on top of a majority decision what
3: do you think nick i'm gonna agree with that and i'm not gonna this isn't a debate show one has one side one has the other but yeah what do you uh, have I, I, I I think like uh, pardon my take yeah up. yeah yeah i'm not max and and Stephen a smith i i think triple g triple g wins this uh i just think he's just i think he's just he, he's too big too too much bigger than, yeah. than canelo and uh i i think he he's gonna to go to body like like he does it's I don't think it's going to be the same as the, as the first fight. So Will there be uh, a
1: knockdown? Will either guy hit the I don't canvas? think anyone's going to hit I mean, the canvas, so, but either.
3: it's going to go to distance, and I have Triple G
1: winning. All right, that's the show. Special thanks to Abel Sanchez for coming on. Showtime, Sean Porter. Great job out of you, Nick. As always, we'll be back next week. We're going to have a special edition of the show. We're going to recap Triple G and, and Canelo with some big-time guests. We'll see you next week.